Welcome into Inside the Den, your look inside Lee's McRae Athletics. Inside the Den is produced for the sole purpose of keeping Bobcat fans in the know and can be found on our website, lmcbobcats.com, or on SoundCloud. Just search Lee's McRae Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tim Hall. Welcome back, Bobcat fans. Thanks for tuning in to Inside the Den once again. We are going to have another episode where we talk about recruiting. We have more coaches having more success, and I felt like it was important we tell those stories. In this episode, we're going to talk with Jacqueline Poole of softball, Caitlin Bullock of women's volleyball, and we're also going to talk with Sally Wimberly. Sally heads up the cheerleading squad here at Lee's McRae. And I think you're going to find that fascinating because she has really turned that program into something very special and has big dreams for it in the near future. So stick around and listen up and enjoy. Now we are going to get into some softball recruiting with coach Jacqueline Poole. Jacqueline, thanks for being on Inside the Den today. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on again. Well, yes, we did have you on an earlier episode. I think you were in episode two, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Highly recommend everybody go back and listen to that and hear what Jacqueline is up to within the softball team and where she's taking them. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit initially about your short season you know and you did get cut short like uh, a few other sports on campus and you know we had one of your athletes on uh, a previous episode just talking about that was what that was like within the team and what you experienced but I'm curious you as a coach how are you handling the fact that you have this missed opportunity to capitalize off of last season's success. How are you handling that so far? Yeah, well, um, I mean, it's tough. You know, we are always expected to, you know, just kind of brush things off and, and act like everything's okay all the time, and that's our job to keep everybody's spirits high, and that's and we take that and we, we roll with that. But at the same time, you know, we lost just as much as the kids did, and, and it's tough, you know, it's, it's something that we've had to grieve and, and it's something that we've never been through before and have never experienced. So, you know, we're just kind of trying to wade through those waters the same way the kids are, but in the same sense, trying to maintain that positive energy and that, that spirit high to where, you know, we will get back to it and we will get back at it. It's just, we don't know when. So that's the hard part too, is we have no real answers to give anybody, you know, we're learning the news as they're learning the news. So it's, it's tough in that sense. And I mean, like you said, we, we had that shortened season. I mean, we got through, we finished 16 games out of, you know, 50 something. So we were, we were just now getting started and starting to heat up. So the what ifs I think are the hardest part, you know, like what could we have done? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm convinced me personally that we would have gone very far. We could have had a repeat year. Um, we had all the tools to do so. So, just trying to make sure that they understand that and they keep that mentality to push us next season to get us that much more prepared for what's to come. Well, I think it was clear your team was hungry already. Hungry. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and I, I would imagine every team out there in America is going to come back hungry for uh, competition. Oh, my gosh. You can only imagine how good spring sports are going to be next year because of that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So – 
you know, even through all that, you were already recruiting. You're you're having a, a good signing class come in. Uh, I'm curious, was there any with graduation and things of that nature? Were there any specific holes that you were looking to fill uh, through this class that's coming in? Um, for this class, it really wasn't that I needed, you know, these specific positions. For me, I think our level, like you always have to get a solid pitcher or two. Um, having a deep bullpen is super important for us. So I'm always out there looking for that pitcher that's going to be a game changer. Um, but we only lost three seniors. So we weren't having to replace, you know, huge numbers um, or anything like that. We just wanted to get the right kids um, with that, you know, hungry mentality, that grit and that grind uh, to come in and just be ready to play. That's the kid I'm always looking for. I always want the ones that want to step on the field and earn that spot right away, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so once we find those kind of kids and we build those relationships with them, I don't ever think that there's like a cap number or a certain, you know, set thing that we have to reach or we have to get to. If it's a kid that I think is going to help us and, and that doesn't necessarily mean on the field, if it's going to be their personality is going to help us with that team chemistry, we're going to go get them. Well, you know, you know I have a ball background, and hey, good ball players will find a way to get on that field. You know, oh for sure. <laughs> so, you have signed seven athletes so far, and I noticed they're also really good students that are coming in. Two of them are going to be in the honors uh, college. Uh, talk a little bit about the seven you have signed and what they're bringing to the table. I, I'm I don't know what it is about the sport of softball, but I say it all the time. Softball players are smart kids. I've never really come across the issue of, you know, eligibility questions or, you know, if they're struggling in school and high school, they, they always tend to get it done in the classroom. Um, but yeah, we have two in the honors program um, and the rest of them are just right there too. They are top of their classes, um, you know, just overall good kids and smart kids. And they, they know what they want to do and they're, and they're, they're focused on that. Um, and I would say that about all seven of them. They they come in with a plan, and they're here to get that done. And and they come to Lee's McCray because we can help them get that done. You know, they're not just coming in and be like, oh, I just want to play ball. I don't really know what I want to do, and we'll figure it out. Um, you might have those cases sometimes, but for these these seven, they're pretty focused on on the end goal, and and softball can help them get there. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that your success the previous season in in 2019? How big of a role has that played in your ability to attract those kinds of athletes? I would say it, it's it's helped tremendously. Um, in our first few years, you know, we had to kind of sell this dream mm-hmm. and this idea, and now we can kind of be like, yeah, we wanted that and we've achieved that, and that's the standard. So that's something that these recruits see and they follow us on our social media and they they get excited when our current team wins. And that translates to excitement on the future classes. You know, they're, they're building on something that's already tangible and it's already there. They don't have to dream about it so much anymore. They can just come in and be like, you know what? Yes, we're going to continue that. And it's going to be in their hands. It's not something that's so far off anymore, which is, it's a cool thing to see on the recruiting trail. And um, I think the social media side of it all it's, it's pretty awesome to just see how excited these recruits are to be a part of it. Um, and even some kids that, you know, might not be incoming for us, but just are excited to, to keep that presence on that social media going. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of social media, 
for you and your team, what are the best places for them to follow uh, Lee's McRae softball? Um, well, personally, I think our Twitter is pretty great. We, um, we just I hit agree. that, I agree. <laughs> we just hit that over a thousand, um, follower mark, which is pretty incredible for a small D2, um, softball program. So Twitter is pretty great for us. And then our Instagram, you know, that's run by our, some of our team players. So, so Sarah Beth does it right now, but you know, she might pass on that torch sooner or later, but that one is, it's more of the inside look of the team and, and what's going on with us every single day. Um, you know, the fun side, the the theme practices and all that cool stuff. And then I would really like for our alumni Facebook to kind of branch out and get bigger. So we're working on that as well. But for me personally, I think in the softball world, Twitter's pretty great. I agree. I've followed you on your team on Twitter and the vibe the vibe you all put out there and the photos you post. And it's, it's clear all the recruits and even your current players are really into that. And so uh, I can attest to uh, just the, the coolness that you put out there for the, from the softball team on Twitter. And so if you're not a big Twitter fan and you wonder what's going on, that's the place to be for softball. So what, um, what are, I'm just curious, random question. What are you most looking forward to come fall as a coach? God, I know it sounds weird, but just being able to to practice every single day. I have never sat so much in my life. <laughs> yeah. And it's driving me crazy. I, I miss being out in the sun and being out there with the team and just, you know, turning the speakers on for practice and just going at it and letting the kids play. I know they miss it and I miss it just as much. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to get back to that soon. I'm looking forward to it as well. Just, oh, I miss the bike rides with the team. It's just, you know, uh, I've joked before that if I didn't get to get out there and train with the team the way I do, I don't know if I'd be a coach, you know, to be out there with them and the energy. Maybe last thing, talk about just as a coach, you're young, you're not that much older than your athletes. Um, the energy that we as coaches pick up off of our team maybe share with everyone just how much that means to us how it gives us even more motivation and heck keeps us keeps us young you know you always hear about how as coaches if you if your energy's down or if you're you're you seem like you're not in, engaged or into it that's how your athletes are going to reflect i feel the exact same way about them if they come to practice and and you can tell they had a rough day it kind of it kind of hits you too, and you're mm -hmm. like, oh, well, they're yeah. not in it. Watch it, you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of that banter, I guess it would say, but it's hard to stay engaged and excited when you're not around them every day. Their energy gives me energy. Their energy mm -hmm. gives me life, and and just seeing how much they love softball and how much their passion shows through what they're doing every single day. It's what we as coaches we live for. You know, we live to see that smile on their face when they come up with that big play. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's everything and, and I miss it every single day. Yeah. I feel the same way. Well, Jacqueline, thanks for sharing, uh, what you had to share about recruiting and the inside, uh, talk on your team. Uh, thanks well, a lot for being yeah. on the show. Yeah. Thanks for doing it. Um, I excited to listen every single week. So you're doing a great job and, and keep it up. Thank you. Next up to talk recruiting here on Inside the Den, we have women volleyball coach Caitlin Bullock. 
Caitlin, thanks for being on the show again. Of course. Thanks for having me. Well, we had you on earlier, and we talked about your growth and your development that had been taking place within the women volleyball. And about that time, uh, you became the interim men volleyball coach as well. But a new bit of news is you're now also the head coach of the men volleyball team. So congratulations. Thank you. I'm really excited. Uh, it's going to be a fun adventure, and I'm very excited for it. Well, you obviously have your hands full now, uh, two teams uh, covering both the fall semester and the spring semester. I can relate to that uh, coach in our team. We do the same. But uh, yeah. we're going we're gonna to focus on women volleyball today because you're having a very good recruiting season, and I want to get into that a little bit. So from what I know, so far you have signed eight athletes. I also know that at least two of them are in the honors program, so that's I think that's pretty cool as well, and it looks as though uh, you've got some good students coming in. So piggybacking off of that growth and development that you had over the past season coming into this next fall, how do you see this recruiting class helping you achieve those goals you talked about? Um, I think the biggest thing is when I took over the program, I knew I was going to have some big recruiting classes coming up in my first couple years. Um, do, did I think it was going to be eight and seven kids each year? No, um, but it just kind of happened that way. Um, and I, we're a very young team. We're a very talented team. And that's kind of what makes me super excited about this class coming in, adding to our freshman class last year and then adding to our talent that we currently have. Um you know, we were looking for some big positions, some big leadership roles, and um, some people that could really fill that competitive, you know, aura that we are creating here in Lee's McCray Volleyball. And, you know, it started with, you know, a couple of players, um, a couple from one from the Illinois area, and then a couple from the Indiana area. And then, you know, we, we signed those pretty early. And, you know, those, those two kids right there, I mean, they're, they're going to be impactful for us. And, they're going to be some of our big hitters and I think they're going to be young and really kind of make a statement for themselves. And that was kind of what I was looking for. I told every recruit I had a phone call with, you know, I want you to come in. I want you to make a name for yourself and I want you to have competitive edge and know that you're competing for a conference championship. And I think that was the biggest thing that stood out to me about these recruits uh, is that they were like, heck yeah, like I'm on board, like let's go win. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really the biggest part of what I was looking for is that kid that had that mentality and that loved the sport and had the passion. Uh, so that's the characteristics of a lot of the girls that we've signed. Um, they get along with the team great. They're great kids. They're smart kids. Like you said, we have a, quite a few that are in the honors program. And um, that's kind of a, you know, I would – I'd love for all my recruits to get it, but most of my recruits do get in the honors program, and it's it's nice um, to kind of not have to worry about them off the court either. Um, so, yeah, uh, they're incredible, and I'm really excited to kind of get them here and get started. Yeah. Well, you know, the honors program at Lees McRae, I mean, it's selective. You know, there's a lot more of our student athletes who could be honors students, but it's a it's a smaller class of individuals that actually get in there, and I agree with you. Just, you know, I see the correlation between great student and great athlete. I don't know, you know, you're early in your career, kind of how maybe tie those two together because I see it as things that go hand in hand. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. Um, I am also kind of a little bit tougher on my team in general with academics um, because I wasn't that athlete. I cared about volleyball in college. Like I was like volleyball, volleyball, volleyball. And then yeah. when it's time 
came to go to school, I was like, oh, kind of not about it. <laughs> and so they get the, the brunt of that, unfortunately. And I'm like, no, you're doing schoolwork. Like you have to do study hall and you have to get the study hours and you're going to make A's and B's and things like that. So, I mean, unfortunately they get that hard part um, coming from me, but uh, on the good side of things where, you know, we don't have to be worried about in the classroom. Um, and if we do, we make sure to get that time done. Um, but I'm very big on being a student first and, you know, you won't practice in my gym if you can't make the grades. Um, and so that's a big standard that we have as a volleyball team and volleyball program in general um, to make sure, you know, everyone has their grades right. Um, and it's kind of, you know, assured throughout the team, like you're keeping up with your teammates to make sure they're making the grades. So they, you know, that player's in practice the next day and able to compete. Um, so it's huge for us. You know, and that's been my experience too. I've yet to see a top-notch athlete be a bad student. It it yep. just doesn't correlate, uh, and it just doesn't happen. So that's good that you're bringing in that that caliber of, of student first and athlete second, uh, and I think that's going to pay dividends long term. Uh, you as a coach, you you did get to have a full season last fall with your ladies. Uh, looking ahead. What are you most excited about? About, Of course, there's a lot of uncertainty right now. We don't have answers to many questions. But you as a coach, what are you most looking forward to when August comes around and we start to kick things off? Uh, I think the biggest thing is just having them in front of me. And I think that's kind of what this experience of the uncertainty right now has uh, kind of made me realize is, how much I love having my teams in front of me um, and how much, you know, honestly, you kind of, as a coach, you took that for granted having them in front of you every single day, being able to work with them and not so much play volleyball, but just being able to talk to them and goof around. And we were in a group message last night and we, they were just like making fun of me and laughing and joking around. It's like, I miss that kind of stuff. And so I'm just happy and excited to have them all on campus. They all already get along with the current team. Um, you know, and so it's really exciting kind of seeing them bonding over a message, but I'm ready for that in-person reaction and, you know, to able to be not taken for granted again and kind of put all my effort into that team and, you know, making sure that I can give them my best, my best effort and see what they can do with it. Cause you know, I think we're going to be um, exciting to watch um, when we put it all together. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think the thing that jumps out and, this goes back to the previous episode we had with you about your program is how important chemistry is and bringing in the right people with the right energy, with the enthusiasm you need and how that then when you get on the court, how that translates into success. Maybe let's end the show about how important is that to you as a coach uh, that your athletes bring that to the table and then you live it out every single day. How big a difference is it going to make for you and how important is it moving forward? Uh, I mean, if you listen to the episode um, that we did previously, I, I'm, I'm a very passionate coach. I, I love the sport. I grew up in the sport was kind of all I had for me. And that was my outlet for a lot of things in my life. And so I coach that way. Um, and so like, I'm going to celebrate, I'm going to be, you know, cheering and wooing when we get a block. And that's something I try to articulate through myself. And so when they get it and they get that moment that they're the same way. Um, energy is a huge thing for our sport. It's a very big momentum sport too. So if you have low energy and the other team is high energy, that alone playing good or bad, like brings you down in itself. 
So I try to make sure, hey, like we're coming in, we have the energy. Okay, we leave everything outside of our lives. We walk onto the court and it's volleyball time. Um, I try to portray that and that's super important. Um, and yeah, we are a young team. So the younger ones are going to pick up on it a little bit quicker rather than the older ones that are, you know, in their last days of hurting knees and things like that. But um, I think the younger ones kind of bleed onto that fact of encouraging the upperclassmen to be that energy. And it kind of bleeds throughout the whole team. And hopefully, you know, we're that team that kind of annoys people and can kind of bring people down <laughs> yeah. um, when it comes to playing, because we do have the energy. We practice with that energy. Um, you know, we're loud, we're sometimes annoying, but I rather than be loud and annoying and um, overwhelming for some than, you know, kind of boring and, you know, they don't really say a whole lot because that's our sport. That's mm -hmm. our nature of our sport. We have to be loud to be successful, in my opinion. Um, so I'm I'm excited because they already kind of showcase that. Well, then that should make for some good spectating. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to that. I, I agree with you. Energy and enthusiasm is contagious. And if you're around it consistently, it's a game changer. And, you know, it can elevate everybody's ability to a level they never knew was possible. So, so Caitlin, thank you for sharing uh, your insight with the women volleyball today. Yeah, thank you. I'm super excited and hopefully we can get, get some more volleyball names out here and make it a bigger program. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. All right, our next guest on Inside the Den is Sally Wimberly. Sally is the head coach of the cheerleading team here at Lees McRae. Sally, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, of course. Now, our listeners might be thinking, we're, we're going to talk about recruiting with cheerleading, but <laughs> you do recruit, and you're having a pretty good season uh, bringing ladies to the squad. Hey, maybe even some guys, because we do have some male cheerleaders. Hey, I wanted to find out more about what that's like for a cheerleading coach to recruit athletes to come and cheer for the Bobcats. Uh, yeah, uh, explain a little bit. How's how's that going for you for the coming season? Sure, yeah. Uh, it's actually going really well for the 2020-21 season, despite all of the craziness with coronavirus. Um, you know, I do typically recruit all year long for the next season, and we use our Instagram a lot to get out just basic information and let everybody know who we are. But other than that, I'm looking at high school cheerleaders and reaching out to them and just telling potential Bobcat cheerleaders about our program. And this year, actually, we have seven incoming cheer recruits. And just like any other sport um, at Lees McRae, we do have scholarships available. Nice. So you can come to college and cheer and get a scholarship, which is pretty awesome. That is awesome. And, you know, um, so you got seven coming in, which, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I think that's an outstanding job. And, you know, for, for you and what you're doing, I, I think, uh, you know, what, what all sports do you cheer for? Uh, maybe share a little bit about, you know, what then your recruits and your, your team members do once they're here and part of your squad. Right. So our team is primarily focused on game day cheerleading. And what that really means is that we are 
on the sidelines cheering on other teams for the majority of our season. And we start by helping out that game day environment at the men's and women's soccer games, which might sound a little weird because um, most colleges have a football program Mm -hmm. and we don't at Lee's McRae. So we decided, you know, why not? We'll cheer at soccer and get some more fans there and make it exciting and get to do some cool stunts um, on the sideline. So we start our season right off the bat in August with soccer And then that leads right into men's and women's basketball. And so we cheer at every single home game um, that the basketball program hosts. And we don't typically travel. Most college cheer teams don't travel for basketball unless you make it to the tournament. So we, we kind of follow that same, same thing too. And then once basketball season is over, we shift gears from game day cheerleading and being ambassadors for the school. And we kind of turn inwards and think more about competition And so this spring, not only are we finishing basketball cheerleading, we're also preparing for competitions that typically happen in March and April. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's a lot, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of, uh, like our sport and cycling. I mean, it's a year round thing and you know, you're, you're getting after it, uh, the fall and spring semester now. So you're having a good recruiting season, bringing in seven, uh, seven cheerleaders, uh, yep. I think it's important people understand just how far you have come in taking the program from where it was to where it is now. So share a little bit about your background specifically, because you come to the table with uh, some, you know, some experience at a high level at the NC uh, Division One level of cheerleading. And you come to Lee's McRae to be a professor. And you're doing mm-hmm. you're doing that as well, but you've taken this program that that you know was was just you know surviving. I guess is a good way to describe it. But you have really turned it into something special. So, talk about yourself a little bit, and then share what it was like when you got here, and okay. what you have turned it into now. Okay, man. Well, my teammates will tell you I'm pretty long winded, so I'll try to make this <laughs> not too too long for you. So I. I grew up in kind of a cheerleading family. My aunt is actually the, has been um, a staff member of varsity for a really long time. And for the non cheerleaders who may be listening, varsity is one of the biggest cheerleading brands in the industry. Hmm. And so I grew up, you know, watching her, she cheered at app state in college and I was always just obsessed with her. And so I started cheering myself in middle school and cheered all the way through high school. Um, and my high school team did actually compete. So that was fun. I went to a small private high school, which is interesting because now I'm kind of full circle back at a small private school, mm-hmm. um, with Lise McRae. Um, but I made the jump from that small private school in high school to NC state, um, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I did have the, the opportunity to cheer for both their all girl program and the small co-ed program. And I didn't cheer my freshman year because I just sort of was burnt out and wanted a break. But I quickly realized that I loved cheerleading and I missed it. And I was so mad at myself for not just diving in all four years. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I cheered for the all-girl program and then switched over to that small co-ed team, which the difference there, small co-ed just means that you've got males and females, but you only have maybe five to ten males versus 50-50. Mm-hmm. So a, a large co-ed team will have 50-50 males versus females. 
And chairing at NC State was an amazing opportunity. Of course, their D1 ACC is a huge school. I had never been a part of a program like that before. And I was just blown away. I had awesome coaches. Uh, Harold and Annette Trammell are the head coaches of that program. And they actually cheered at State when they went and ended up falling in love and getting married and then running the program together. So it's really cool to look back at their story and they're just great people. They really, you know, that program is huge. So we probably had 60 or 70 people on our team. Oh, wow. And, um, they really reached out and mentored every single one of us and taught us how to be leaders and ambassadors. And when you enter that program, you know, you really do sign your name on a dotted line. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna allow them to sort of transform who you are and turn you into something better. And so I was ready to dive in and do that. And they really taught me what it was like to be a true game day cheerleader and represent the university and be an ambassador and get out into the community. And I loved every bit of it. Well, it sounds like they had a huge influence on you. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I would do anything for, for Harold and Annette and, and even that team. I mean, even now we're, we're always in communication with each other and, you know, planning a 10 year reunion because, uh, I was actually on the, um, second ever small co-ed team for NC state. Um, traditionally that program has just been large co-ed, but when I was a senior, they, for the second year made a small co-ed program. And so we were the first ever small co-ed team to make it to finals at nationals. Wow. And we actually pl- placed first in, in prelims and we ended up getting third place at nationals that year. But you know, it was, it was a so cool because I got to make history with that team. And that really made us super close because, you know, we, we worked so hard for that. So you go through that experience and of course, you know, you're, you're pursuing your educational uh, side of things and you come to Lees McRae, you uh, maybe share a little bit about what you're teaching here and, and the program that you're overseeing and then how you're, you've taken that fire and energy that you obviously had back then and still do, how you've mm-hmm. taken this program to the next level. Sure. So I am actually a registered dietitian, and that's what I went to school for. And I worked in two different clinical settings before I even thought about coming to Lee's McRae. So worked in long-term care and then for a big hospital system. And fun fact, my husband also works at Lee's McRae, and he's a poet. He teaches English and literature, rhetoric, creative writing. And so when my husband got the job at Lee's McRae, I was like, well, you know, we love this area. We really want to move back. And so I applied to be the director of the health and wellness science program. And sure enough, they gave me this job. And, you know, I didn't really have any experience in academia because like I said before, I had only worked in a clinical setting. And so in 20, I guess, 17, I started as the director of the health and wellness science program, which ultimately this year, we've now changed that program's name to exercise science. Um, because that's what the curriculum is focused on. And so I came to the school and started working on that program. It was brand new for Lise McRae. So a lot of that first year was just building that academic program and figuring out the curriculum and making sure everything made sense and trying to advertise for that program and get funds for a lab, get textbooks, write syllabi, all of the administrative stuff in the background that people don't really think about when you start a new academic program. 
And so within that, I, as a dietitian, I typically teach nutrition and a couple of the upper level junior and senior classes. Um, and this year, kind of branching from that same academic program, I have created two new programs. One is a nutrition science program, and two is a pre-physical therapy program. And so those are sort of branches mm -hmm. from that original health and wellness science. Um, and so I, you know, I teach a wide variety of classes in all three of those. Well, and you know what? We have a lot of athletes who are gravitating towards that program, and I think it's mm -hmm. going to be something that's really going to take off for us here uh yeah uh, you know that 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 students are going to be drawn towards and so that is a lot uh, of work just to do that but <laughs> then then you you take on the cheerleading squad and and you have really grown it into a really fabulous team how many people are on the team and um yeah just how in the world have you been able to do this in just a short period of time I, I have no idea. It's all the kids. I mean, they do everything. Uh, so let's see. This upcoming school year, we're going to have probably 28 people on our team. Three of those will be male and the rest are female. So we are a small co-ed team. Um, when I took over in 2017, there were maybe five cheerleaders. And um, they didn't really have any clear direction or skills or technique or there wasn't really anything holding them together necessarily just beyond their own individual love for cheerleading, which is great. Um, so I took over and that first year I really just wanted to get some more people on our team and kind of grow that roster size. And so that first year, I think from August until basketball season started, we were able to get, I believe 14 people on the team. Wow. Um, so kind of doubled that very first year. And I really credit that to those five original girls who were on the team just sort of spreading the word and saying, hey, come on, like, come try out. It's going to be fun. And that was my focus that first year was just having fun and helping um, the kids on the team see that, you know, they could be a college cheerleader and we could have fun and um, just do some basic. We started with basic stunting skills, basic tumbling skills, basic motion technique, that kind of thing. Year two, um, it kind of spread like wildfire because I was able to, one, recruit, but two, current students saw the growth and got interested. And mm -hmm. so year two, we did have 28 people on the team, which has kind of been the roster size I've kept since then. Mm -hmm. um, and we added in guys that year. And I really credit the program growth to the kids' dedication and the kids kind of buying into the process of we us you know, being a team, being a cheer family, and really prioritizing that family. Um, so we always break family on three because that's kind of how I grew up and with my cheerleading experience, especially at NC State. Um, we focus on the, the cheer family and, and being better for each other and working hard for each other. And everything else kind of comes from there because then everybody wants to get out in the community. We want to be ambassadors. We want to show the college what it's like to have an exciting game day environment. Yeah. Um, and they're just ready for that growth. Yeah. And, you know, obviously there's been uh, – I haven't seen your, your team do their thing at a soccer match because I've just missed out on that. But I've seen you all at basketball games quite a bit. And for those who haven't been to a basketball game in the last couple of years, I think – 
if they come in and visit, they're going to be quite surprised at what you all are doing to entertain yeah. and to get uh, the crowd into the into the game because you're not just standing on the sidelines. Like you are really doing some elaborate stunts that, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I'm holding my breath most times. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it's been really fun to take a program that essentially wasn't stunting all the way up to a level six stunting program. So in cheerleading, like every other sport or athlete, there are different levels of skills. And level four is like your typical high school cheer team. And level six is like your typical college cheer team. Mm, okay. And before I came, you know, there were no level six skills being performed. Um, and that's a big draw for kids who want to cheer in college. I know for me, I was really excited about flipping baskets and spinning a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, so we, we added in a lot of those level six stunts, like flipping baskets and, um, two, two high pyramids where we have somebody stacked on top of another person. And that really does elevate, um, the excitement and the crowd involvement. And we grab your attention. You Maybe do. we scare you first De and then impress you. <laughs> Definitely do. And it's impressive. I just, I just want to say as a, as a spectator that just loves to see athleticism, uh, no matter what form it is, it's to see where it used to be and where it is now. You're doing a fabulous job. It only makes me wonder yeah, just how much farther you can go, which brings yeah. up, which brings up my last question, which is considering all this growth and, and, and what you've been able to accomplish, you know, where do you want to take this? Where do you see this really going in the, in the, in the near future? Where do you really want to go with the program and the team? Yeah. So we definitely want to get to NCA nationals. Um, probably everybody, almost everybody watched that Netflix documentary cheer mm -hmm. that came out recently. And that's the competition they compete at is NCA nationals in Daytona beach. It's in April. Um, that's where I competed in college. And that is where we want to go as a team. I'm not sure what division yet, but I do have that vision for taking us down to Daytona and getting these Lee's McRae cheerleaders on the band shell. Uh, there's nothing in the world like it, like stepping out onto that band shell floor with ESPN cameras and fans and the beach and hotels. I mean, it's priceless. That sounds pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, Sally, you're doing a fabulous job, and I've uh, I appreciate all that you've done, and I really I really appreciate you being on the show to tell that story because it's one that I know a lot of people don't know about uh, your mm -hmm. squad and what you're doing uh, within the team as well as in the community. You you all really truly are wonderful ambassadors here locally, and I just want to say thanks for all you do and congrats on what you've been able to accomplish thus far with your team. Well, thank you. All right. To listen to this episode again or to find previous episodes, go to our website, lmcbombcats.com, or find us on SoundCloud by searching Lee's McRae Athletics. And as always, go Bobcats.